there, Grace McCandless, and this is On Brand. You know, one of the aspects that really drove the development of this show, at least since at the heart of it, was to explore this desire for true connection between consumers and the brands that they engage with. The other layer to this was really looking at brands who are willing to put purpose at the forefront. How do you go about doing so, though? Where do you begin and how does leadership factor in to these pursuits? It's something I've been thinking about and, of course, talk about all the time and with our clients and, and the people that I work with. But today's guest is really a subject matter expert when it comes to this topic. Maury Fontenez is the founder and CEO of A22 Group. And she's here today to talk to us about purpose-led leadership and the transformation consultancy that she developed and leads today. Maury, welcome to On Brand. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be with you. I'm so excited to have this conversation with you. I think it's vital and critical um, to how we do business, how we show up in our lives, uh, not just in the workplace, but all around too. I would love for you to start by telling us a little bit about your career path and what led you to develop AP2 Group. Sure. So I come from uh, the agency side. I worked for close to 20 years in this integrated marketing, brand strategy, and crisis and reputation management space. And I had this brilliant opportunity to work with you know, all kinds of Fortune 500s from entertainment to retail and consumer packaged goods. And um, you know what I started to realize over this time is that when brands and businesses found themselves in crisis and they would call in experts like myself to help, you know what was really happening underneath that was a core issue. And that core issue was a disconnect from purpose both for the individuals, specifically the leaders, and for the brand and the company and the workforce as a whole. So 822 Group is really my answer to that. I felt that I wanted to devote my career to helping solve the actual problem rather than treat the symptoms. And that's really to reintroduce leaders and ultimately their brands to their true purpose to make sure that there's alignment across the organization and for the individual around that, uh, so that ultimately the business can stand up and do what society is asking for today, which is to lead in a way that is good for themselves and for society as a whole. You know, I love that. I want to come back to a couple of things that you said there too, but I want to talk more a uh, little bit about your group. So I think I said 822 group, 822 is the right yes. way to say right? Yes. What about this name, though? I, I'm really fascinated by it. I love that I'm like, you know, uh, rattling it off like a like an area code. But 822, tell me how that came to be. What, what uh, inspired the name? You know, I wanted to make sure that it was the kind of name that wasn't just my name so that it could be representative of a group. And so as I started to brainstorm that, I thought, how do I put my mark on it, but keep it open. And so 822 is actually my birthday. Oh, really sealed the deal for me was actually just looking into the meaning of numbers mm -hmm. and uh, understanding that eight means infinite and 22 means mastery. And so for me, it felt that that's actually what we're trying to transform our clients into is infinite mastery of what they do. I love that. I guess that makes it, was it make you Virgo? Because I'm a Leo. It makes me a cusp. It makes me a Leo Virgo. Yeah, you're right there on the cusp. Okay, yeah. well, we'll have the follow-up uh, show I'm on. Behind it. I love that, though. So there's 
there you go. There's there's purpose right there in the in the naming of your consultancy. Let's talk about that too. Transformation consultancy. That is how you position 822 Group. Uh, tell me more about what that means. You know, I really believe that all of us uh, that are on this planet trying to do what we're here to do, which is ultimately our purpose, are going through a constant evolution and transformation. And so transformation consultancy is about bringing that same universal truth to the idea of a business or a brand. It's embracing this notion of constant transformation. But the reason I also like that word is because it's about aspiring to the highest form of yourself. And so we believe that for a business or a brand, it needs to treat itself, its leadership needs to treat the organization as it would you know, itself as an individual going through this kind of ascension to almost a higher consciousness, a higher version of itself. And so we are seeing ourselves as the guides through that transformation to get to that point. Wow. And, you know, you so the root of the root here is is behind the leadership, right? And understanding for the leaders to understand what their higher purpose is. Right. Where do you, how do you know if you know what your higher purpose is? Um, how do you answer that question or where do you go? What's kind of like the first step? You know, if I were going to want to train for a marathon, yeah. I, I maybe running a mile or walking a mile. What's the first step in either uh, understanding if you know what it is or taking the step towards defining what your higher purpose is? Yeah, there's two equal parts to this. The first is to get really curious about yourself and delve into understanding yourself better, which I'll get into in a moment. And the second is to dismantle unhelpful belief systems in your mind that are holding you back from seeing the truth of what you're meant to do and how you can be successful. In that first part, your higher purpose is really just the integration of the things that you are naturally good at, that you've been told that you're good at since you were a child even, that just came naturally to you, and the things that fill you with a sense of fulfillment, that fill you with joy or that buzzing feeling. Everyone would describe it differently. But really having the curiosity to delve in and understand what are those two things and where are the moments in my career or in my life where I've seen those two things integrate um, and, and what has happened, what's come of that. So it's a, it's a self-exploration is the first step. And then that second piece is really understanding all of the negative biases you have to your own purpose, to succeeding, to believing that you can succeed and others can succeed simultaneously. You know, what I always say is that the great lie about purpose is that you have to, it's your godly mission that it is, you know, you go off and work for a nonprofit. But the truth is that your purpose should make you very successful. And if wealth is success to you, then purpose and wealth sit side by side. They are not different. Okay, so let me give you an example. I think that's a great way to break it down. So if I think about something that's going to, I'll use myself um, as the litmus test here. I think of myself as very uh, empathy driven sure. path at the core yeah very inherent to me i have been told so breaking down the story that don't serve me. in the past I've been told that uh, that's a detriment to my leadership so is that sort of a good example there of a starting point that that's in fact a strength not a weakness uh which is celebrated now in the, in the work that i do but there was a time where it wasn't and i think there was an idea too where like a list that people had to check in order to be quote unquote a leader 
as though that's universal, as though everybody is always going to bring the same thing to the table. What I mean, what do you think about that? Um, what is that? Is there a list? Is it or is it different for every person? Well, I mean, I, so let me answer. I, I see two questions in there. The first is if I were coaching you and you were to bring that into one of our sessions, you know, we would really look at your empathy. The first thing that I'll say is that empathy is a massive clue. Being an empath is a really big clue around your purpose. It means that if you can feel other people's feelings, you are then meant to do something with that, right? Now, where we would break that down, though, when I say getting curious about it, is where are the moments where that empathy has filled you with a sense of fulfillment and uh, you know really makes you feel like you are contributing in a way that is for your own good and the good of others? And where are areas where that empathy has made you feel badly? Where has it held you down? Where does it allow other people to burden you or to uh, infringe on your boundaries in a way that is not healthy for you. So that's what I mean about the exploration, right? If it's good, if it's fulfilling, we're on the purpose track. If it's not filling us with that notion, then we either need to go back and understand our own triggers, or we need to separate that part of our gift and create boundaries around it. So that's the, the answer to your first question. I think you asked me, is there a list for successful yeah. leadership? Was that the second one? That's right. Yeah, the, the answer to successful leadership is to delve into your own instincts. Mm. I have been saying recently that I want people to trade in the word successful leadership for instinctual leadership. Mm. And that is about trusting self and stopping the doubt that we create, but that others create when we do things that make them uncomfortable, when we frighten them with our intuition or our courage or our you know, knowingness, and they then give us a box to fit into so they can be comfortable. That's not success. Understanding your instincts and leading in that way is success. I think that's remarkable. That's so insightful and it makes sense when you say it, right? But I, it's it's interesting when you think about examples of where you see it in action. Um, and, and that kind of leads me to my next question too. So, you know, understanding your higher purpose as a leader is, is critical. How does that then sort of transpire through the brand and the company and then ultimately into the customers that they are uh, trying to connect with um, and and find? Yeah, you know, we'll start with uh, when you don't understand it, what happens, and then we'll get to how it does trickle down when you do. I think that when you see cultures that feel toxic, when you hear from a workforce that uh, feels like they can't trust their leadership or they're just not inspired to be there. That is one trickle down effect of not being aligned with your purpose. Because when you are sitting at the top and leading this organization, it's so critical that you come into that every day with your why as your North Star and that you feel aligned with your why and the why of the organization you're leading. So I think that the trickle down effect negatively for the workforce is what we now call toxic work culture. The trickle down effect negatively for the consumer is a disconnect from the consumer. Ultimately, you use the word empathy, you're not able to truly practice empathy for the customer, which means understanding what they need without judgment if you are in a place of clarity as the leadership or as the brand. Now, if you flip that and you do do the purpose work, the change is so transformative. The first is that 
the clarity that comes from the top to then the leadership team allows for true alignment. Once the leader understands their purpose, they can inspire their leadership team to understand purpose, and they can make decisions from that strong power place of purpose together. And that is how you can come to alignment. When you have a leadership team that's aligned, then you have a workforce that feels that they can trust what they're being told because they're not being told different things or they're not sensing that there's this unspoken misalignment that, that they can feel. The second thing is you start to lead in an inspiring way. When you talk about purpose, other people want to pursue purpose. So then you have a workforce that's becoming purposeful, that's understanding their own individual purpose. So that part three, the brand can start to talk about purpose in an authentic way. I think that what I have become allergic to is to see brands talk about purpose through marketing or PR. That's not purpose. Purpose is not a marketing campaign. It's about understanding at a cellular level, leadership, workforce, and then customer. What is our purpose and living that, and then people can feel it. Do you, where does listening play a role here? Um, listen, and, and at what level too? Um, and how do you listen? What's a successful way to go about listening? What can be gleaned from that? So this is the trick about being clear about your own purpose and your collective purpose. It removes defensiveness. And when we are clear and we are standing in our power, we are able to listen better because mm -hmm. we're not going into those conversations needing to win or needing to prove anything because we're very clear about where we are and what our why is. So listening is a huge part of building collective purpose, of building inspiration in a culture, and of building purposeful brands that connect to customers. You have to be able to listen to your customers. But I think that the block, honestly, to listening is our own defense mechanism because we are in chaos. And so we get triggered by what we hear and we feel like we need to work that out or we need mm -hmm. to argue about that. But when you're in your power, which is your purpose, you're able to sit back and calmly receive the information and really give the other person or the group the space to really tell you who they are and what they need without feeling like you have to react because ultimately you understand it's not about you. It's never about you. I think that's a good point. I mean, I think, you know, um, and some of the conversations that I have and the work that I do, sometimes I have to be the bearer of not so great news, but I always look at it too um, in terms of an opportunity and what can we learn from these perspectives? It's not, it's not if something is going wrong, it's how you show up once you kind of find out that information and, and where can you fill in the gaps and find the gaps um, in that too. You, know, yeah. you talk a lot about the why and starting with the why. Love that. Just totally speaks to my heart. Something that it's just been really at the forefront lately too. Do you think in light of the last year that we are more attuned to our why or further away from it? I always say that every crisis is an opportunity and we have faced crisis on a monumental scale collectively. And I underline that word collectively because I really think that what this pandemic showed us is how connected we are. And I absolutely think that it has uh, catalyzed our awakening as a society and as business leaders uh, in a way that wouldn't have happened without it. So absolutely, I think that understanding we are connected helps us 
each understand our individual why, but it's also raising this conversation about the collective why and really creating meaning out of our existence, regardless of what it is we do. So I think it's brought this profound level of awareness to our why that didn't exist before. Yeah, I think that, you know, there's there's definitely some changes some silver linings that have come out of crisis as you managed to, you know, it's, it's sort of the, the result there. Um, and, and what we can do with that sort of a gift in some ways, you know, through, through loss comes some, some clarity and some gains there too. Um, you know, as, as we look to kind of back to the, the why there, and also you mentioned connection, um, how do you think that term has evolved in this last year? How, how are we connecting with people and how do you see that uh, moving forward into 2021? You know, I think the key thing about connection that has been unveiled to us this year is that we can't live without it. That, you know, we've been told we need to try to distance ourselves. And obviously, you know, most of us are doing that, but we feel the impact of not being connected. And so we've been really innovative about how to connect. So I think that just the value of connection uh, has, has increased, or at least our awareness of our value of connection has increased. But I think the other thing we're learning is that, you know, we don't have to be able to touch each other to be connected, that we can be connected uh, from a distance and that we need to work on cultivating that connection uh, from a distance. And so what does that, what light bulb does that then turn on, right? If you can connect with your team from home, that means that you can be connected to someone across the globe as well. And you can then practice this sense of empathy for others that you aren't in the same room with because you're starting to practice how to do that through a screen with your own small world. And I think that that has this exponential effect that you know we're building the muscle to be able to truly understand and embody. You know, you mentioned also the idea of marketing campaigns and that kind of not, that's not it. We're not done. We don't check that we don't have a campaign and, and that means we're connected and we're leading and we're doing all the things. Um, you know, how do you think that can, how do you think, you know, I think about social, I think about digital, um, which really is sort of leading those marketing campaigns now instead of, you know, grabbing on the, uh, the ends of the coat there and trying to be, they're really informing it. Do yeah. you think that there's a way that, that brands can use and leaders can use social in a more purposeful way? And how, how do you think that that could be? Absolutely. I think that the purposeful angle of social would be to stop seeing it as a one-way communication device. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that people in, in social and digital have known this forever. Those of us that came up in the digital marketing space kept saying it's a two-way conversation. But I think that business, because we still have some inherently um, unhelpful uh, you know, behaviors and habits that need to be worked out, business can't help but to utilize these new tools as a one-way conversation. They can't help it. It's in, our, it's in the DNA of, hey, I'm just really trying to promote something. Um, and so I really think it is going to be interesting to think about social as not just how do I go out there and listen and derive from that listening, you know, what I'm going to do with my products, but listen and derive from that listening. What is society even looking for right now? 
what is important to them and have a true and self-aware dialogue with self as a brand about where you're truly able to meet them and how authentically can you meet them there? Not how do you represent yourself as meeting them there because you've picked up on some surveillance that you've done through social, but an embodied form of listening, which is what are they really saying? Where are people? And where is the intersection of where they are and where we are? And then how do we use social to show them that? You know, I think that the transparency that I see brands use social for is spot on, right? When we're able to see supply chain through video or interviews with, you know, uh, clothing makers that are working in Malaysia um, rather than the head of the fashion house. That is how we start to demonstrate that social has this power to pull the curtain back and show transparency into an entire industry. And that is where I think the use of social will go in order to be purposeful. Yeah, those are great points. You know, and I would say too, social is like one of the places where it all happens, right? It's not just, I mean, you and I both know from, from our respective backgrounds when it was born, you know, it was given to marketing, here's your baby, and it was used, you know, let's communicate out one way, right? Um, and then what happened is people started engaging and talking back and not always about the thing that you were telling them about. Right. Uh, and it crosses points, you know, you talked about supply chain, it's sort of finding out who you are, do I want to do I want to engage with you starting a relationship, needing some assistance on that relationship and then keeping that relationship in intact? Um, that makes me think, too, a little bit when you think about leaders that you work with and helping them find their higher purpose. What happens if a leader, their higher purpose and then the company that they're with. How do you find the right match there? I don't think of like a dating app. Like it's, yeah. you know, you could maybe not everything is the right match for purpose A and company B, right? So I will tell you, I get into this with almost every CEO I work with. And ultimately what we find is that once they're clear about their purpose, let's say their purpose is to create, their purpose is innovation. Uh, what we find is not that it's not a match. It's that the way they're spending their time is not a match. They're not delegating the aspects that are not around their purpose to other leaders in order to give them development opportunities that match their purpose in order to follow their own and focus on the creative or the brand or the innovation part of it. So it's less about, you know, all of a sudden understanding, oh my God, this is a mismatch, but more about where are you actually able to live your purpose and lead with purpose? And where are you forcing a square peg into a round hole that's causing a clog, that's causing a jam in the system, that's causing the chaos to really proliferate? But I will tell you, you know, when we see the uh, moments where there are leaders not in line with their purpose in an organization or the organization is not aligned with their purpose, Every single time, once that leader goes, the organization has the chance to evolve and the leader goes off to something else that allows them to evolve. And so I think this fear we have that we have to make it work is what's holding us back collectively uh, as, as business leaders. We have to let it go and have the courage to see our purpose and our organization's purpose for what it is, to see whether there are ways that we can devote our time and energy to living our purpose where we are. And if the answer is no, let it go so that the thing can thrive, so that it can grow your workforce and your customers deserve better. Is there a, is there a difference if you're thinking more of an established 
brand and company versus maybe an emerging brand and company? Um, or what are the differences and similarities there? You know, I think that with an emerging company, I'm seeing a lot of founders. Uh, I work with a lot of founders. And so it's less likely that there will be a misalignment, right? Because it's really been born from them. What I do see, though, is that the dream that they started with and the realities of running a business have truly changed the way that they uh, engage with their purpose. And so the work with me is then to uh, kind of reinvigorate that purpose and say, let's remember what that dream was. How can you now, you know, now that you're a $50 million company, how is that still able to be a part of your day to day, right? But with an established company, I think you see people moving up through the ranks who never had to stop and ask, is this aligned with my purpose? And mm -hmm. those are the times that you might find a leadership that truly is not there for the highest good of the organization and themselves. They're there because that's just the next thing you do. And they got the stamp of, you did a good job, you got promoted. And so that's where that excavation for me, I find that really interesting. Because the light bulbs that turn on for those executives really allow them to change the way that they interact with their teams. Most of the time, again, it's still aligned. It just means they're supposed to do something differently or do it in a different way. Um, the other thing I love in established companies is working with groups of leaders. We do these leadership clarity facilitations where we really come in and look at the leadership across the board and say, where are you aligned? Where are you not? And how can we be okay with these gaps? What is our uh, you know, behavior around misalignment? And how do we look at that from a purpose standpoint and allow ourselves to collaborate even better um, by accepting the areas where there's misalignment, putting them out into the open and shining light on them. Yeah, that's a great point. And I mean, in all of your work too, or just as an observer, is there a uh, company or brand that you really think is kind of illustrating some of these principles that you're talking about today? Yeah, I've, uh, I've been talking a lot about Satya Nadala, who is the CEO of Microsoft, just because, you know, I read the book that they wrote and I really, what I love is that he talked so much about the soul of the business. And I thought, wow, that's exactly right. It's, you know, this organization that's been around forever has accumulated this, this soul, this, this entity that describes what Microsoft is. And so to have a leader delve in and try to understand that and then bring his own purpose and his own, you know, soulful way of leading um, to inspire his leaders, to turn on those light bulbs for leaders, you really start to see it now, not only in the culture, but also in the products they're creating, in the way that they're looking at accessibility and technology. Uh, they're really able to answer a higher calling, a higher purpose, because he is very purposeful, and he saw the organization as an entity that needs to be a living, breathing, purposeful entity, not just a revenue creating, um, you know, organization. Yeah, that's a great example. Um, you know, and that got me thinking too, kind of about back to the customer experience and how do you think this type of leadership, what are some of the, um, again, kind of the ripple effect, the benefits, how does that inform or impact customer experience? I think it acts as a magnet. I think that Apple is highly purposeful. And there is a energy around Apple that is hard to articulate or make tangible. And people are drawn to it. 
And so I think that once we can accept the intangible, the things we can't see, once we can accept that we come from a higher frequency when we have collective purpose and that people are magnetized to it and there is no explanation that is visible, it's just the law of magnetism. When you elevate your frequency, you attract people to you. Um, that is the relationship with customer that I think we have yet to find words for. I think we're going to get there. I think as we integrate this notion of higher consciousness and business, we're going to start talking about this magnetism that occurs when you come from this frequency as a brand. But I think, you know, the short answer to your question is it just creates a pull because you cannot resist what is authentic. You cannot resist what is purposeful. And as a customer, you want that. You want a piece of that in your life to get, give you a little bit of that feeling. And that is the new kind of marketing. Yeah, it's so well put. So, so thinking ahead, we're in a new year, going into this new year, it's been quite a year. <laughs> we look about the past 12 months or so, we're not quote unquote out of it yet, right? We're still in this pandemic, we're not post, but there's a light at the end of the tunnel. This is a finite thing. Um, what are you know some of your your thoughts going into the new year in terms of and and how is, is this impacting the work that you do as well? Yeah, you know, as we go into the new year, we have decided to be even more bold about talking about concepts that might feel a little bit strange in the business world. And I think you've heard me talk about things like higher consciousness and business, um, and really integrating what is seen as these opposing forces of spirituality and business or purpose and power, or activism and capitalism. We're really gonna go head on into this space between what is seen right now as two polar opposites to help individuals and companies understand no, only by integrating these things can you achieve these, you know, just maximum results that you never even dreamed of. So for us, we're really excited about, you know, being even more courageous, I think, because we sit in this place of purpose and chaos. You know, we've been OK through the pandemic, thank God, because there's a lot of advisory that we do around changes that are happening. And I think that for business in the new year, you know, it's really about I think what's really important is not forgetting the lessons that we were taught this year not forgetting what we learned through the pain and the difficulty and the challenges and trying to snap our fingers and go back to the past. There is a new normal we have to collectively build. And so what I ask of business and of leaders is be courageous about how different that can look. Don't be afraid that it is not the way it used to be or that it may not lead to success. This is the moment to innovate unlike anything else. So well put. Uh, that, and that's maybe a great place to kind of wrap things up to. You mentioned, you know, what are the things that we learned in this past year? Um, what did what are one of the big learnings that you had in this past year? I am very impatient and I do not like pause. And I think what I learned is that pause is the most transformative energy of them all. Because when we can use that time to go inward and heal the things that need to be healed as an organization, as an individual. Once it is time, we will propel forward so much faster and further than we ever dreamed. So I've learned to embrace pause. Oh, that's so great. Maury, I could literally talk to you all day long. I feel like you are just an injection of inspiration um, and I've learned so much. And I, I think everyone else who's listening to this has as well. Thank you so much for your time 
your insights and your expertise and, and sharing a little bit more about this very, very important initiative and focus that we lead. Thank you so much. Thank you for the time and the amazing questions. I really enjoyed talking.